0: Hey, video game fans, I'm Ben Bertoli,
1: and I'm Push Dustin,
0: and this is Memory Card.
2: So, um...
0: So, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I was waiting for you to start, but, uh, yeah. So, today's show is all about, uh, you know, spoiler alert, we're just gonna, we're gonna tell you, it's about the Wii channels that the Wii had, but... I thought it would be fun if we started off talking about the actual television channels that we both liked when we were kids, or I guess even now. What was your go-to channel as a kid, Push? As a kid, like, I never really liked TV channels. I I never really liked watching TV. Okay, all right. Couldn't hold your attention.
2: Yeah, it just couldn't hold my attention, and there's always just, like, a couple of shows I liked here and there, but that being said, when I was a kid, I definitely enjoyed um, Fox, not Fox News, just, like, Fox, and... (laughs) I enjoyed watching like shows like 24 and, and Futurama and The Simpsons and stuff like that. So definitely Fox was like one of my favorite channels
0: growing up. So this was a little later on. I was, I was waiting for you to say like Digimon and Pokemon and like cur- oh, cartoons yeah. for kids in the morning.
2: If, uh, if it was cartoons, then I guess it would be... Um, was it ABC that had all the Disney cartoons back in the day?
0: All right. Okay. Because
2: I, I, didn't, I didn't have cable
0: growing up. Oh, okay. Well yeah, I was gonna say, I was expecting you to say Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network. No, I I
2: did which, not grow up on, on those because my Oh man we, we did not pay for cable because we
0: could afford it. Well, my family could. <laughs> not that I'm not that I'm bragging. Well look at you, Mr. Moneybags. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. My super wealthy family. No, but I mean growing up it was kind of a toss up I feel like mm-hmm. between those two for me at least um I did watch a lot of the ABC and Fox stuff on Saturday mornings but if it was just like after school type of thing I definitely mm-hmm. probably Nickelodeon I think was my favorite channel they had they had such a cool brand like back in the 90s you know it was very like yeah. uh, slime everywhere you had like Doug Rugrats uh, Hey Arnold was a big favorite of mine mm-hmm. yeah I think Nickelodeon classic Nickelodeon was my favorite, at least as a kid. All right, well, let's change the channel here and get to the actual topic for today, shall we?
2: Yes. Okay, so today we're planning on talking about Wii Channels. And... One of my favorite, absolute favorite channels that has never been done before was Everybody Votes. Do you remember uh, Everybody Votes?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I had a Wii uh, right from launch in two thousand six, and um, you know they just kind of slowly added channels over time. Yeah. Obviously, there was a big chunk of them that was dropped uh, right at launch, but yeah, I liked Everybody Votes. It was it was pretty fun.
2: Yep. So the the concept b- behind the the Wii menu and the channels was that they would be, like, channels, like, on a TV that you could, like, just switch between. And since the Wii was in a, in the living room, they were very conscious of that fact. And, like, you know, the fact that the controller even looked like a remote, they are like, oh, we should really, like, make a channel aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And so they did all these channels, and um, they got a little experimental at, at times. But, yeah, definitely the best one was, everybody votes. And in that one, uh, people could vote, and then also predict how the general population was going to vote. So... I want to just randomly ask you throughout this episode questions from the actual Everybody Votes channel. Uh, there is a fantastic community called ReConnect, uh, R-I-I Connect, uh, 24. Mm-hmm. And they're working on bringing back all the Wii channels.
0: Oh, right, because they all went off the, uh, off the air.
2: Off the air, yeah. And so they're a group of really hardcore Wii channel enthusiasts. And most of the information I have from this episode came from them because they're the ones that are actually, you know, going through and making sure this is all documented. So big props to the ReConnect24 crew. Yeah. So uh, with Everybody Votes, they had a national and a worldwide uh, poll every time. So which one would you prefer to be asked? Are you more of a U.S. guy or are you more of a worldwide guy?
0: Mm. Hit me with the worldwide.
2: How do you feel about your name? Do you like it or you don't like it? I like it. Okay. And what do you think the, the general results are going to be?
0: I think that people would like their names.
2: Okay. Like, do you know, like can you give like a rough percentage?
0: Okay. Um, 77% of people like their names.
2: Oh, okay. So it, actually, it was a little bit more than that. The males, they voted 84% that they liked their, their name, and females like their name 79% of the time. Oh, man. That was pretty close. Yeah, you're pretty close. That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> we'll do one more and then I'll get into the actual history of everybody votes.
0: All right. Maybe a U.S. one this time.
2: All right. A U.S. one. I would rather be a famous chef or scientist.
0: Oh, hmm. I'm going to say famous chef.
2: OK, that was the minority. Really? More people said they want to be a famous scientist.
0: Yeah, I guess you're actually like helping humanity probably with being a famous scientist (laughs) so 36.5 percent of male uh said
2: that they want to be a famous chef where females they want to be 52.3 percent wanted to be a famous chef Hmm. so i guess females were a little bit more likely to say that they want to be a chef over a scientist
0: yeah it's interesting though for some reason i thought people would i feel like celebrity chefs are like a bigger deal than celebrity scientists like celebrity scientists obviously are important and they can like you know help the world mm-hmm. but they kind of fade away unless they're bill nye yep and celebrity chefs are always you know coming up with new restaurants and uh recipes and things so hmm. yeah they,
2: they endure more
0: yeah it seems like it
2: well okay so uh everybody votes the whole idea originated from nintendo wanted to send daily quizzes and questions to people through the uh, Wii Connect 24, which is um, the online service that kept the Wii online. The director of the game was Rutaro uh, Takeshi, who uh, previously worked on WarioWare, Mega Micros, uh, Rhythm Tengoku, and the Me Channel. So I, get, I think that's why I just really like this channel, because it's some of all my favorite games. <laughs> the original name for the channel was going to be Questionnaire Channel, and then... They went back and forth on it, and then they, they were thinking, what about Citizens Vote Channel? <laughs> and they were like, okay, no, we can't do that because that sounds really terrible. <laughs> and It has a different connotation, right?
0: Yeah, it's kind of lame.
2: They changed it to everybody votes in the end. They took very particular care to make sure that the questions were stress-free and not to alienate certain, certain members of the family. Mm. So th- that's why they never did questions like, who do you like more, Mario or Link? Oh. Because maybe grandma wouldn't understand <laughs> who you know who Mario and Link is. So they were trying to aim for a wide net with these questions.
0: Relatable topics.
2: Yeah, and, and looking back, I, um, I remember at the time, I was just like, oh man, they could just collect so much data with this and like, you know, like what character do you want in Smash and, and like have like people vote on that, but... <laughs>
0: How much would you pay for a game where Mario <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> rides a bus? You know, whatever.
2: Yeah, exactly. I was just like, oh, man, Nintendo's just totally using this for their marketing. Um, this was me at, like, I think 13, 14 years old or whatever. Like, I'm like, this is such a a, a great idea for Nintendo just to collect lots of, lots of data about their customers. And now now looking back, I'm just like, oh, okay, this is why they kind of did that. Because, you know, they they were trying to cast a wide net, right? Mm-hmm. The channel launched on February fourteenth without any notice. They just kind of put it up there and had people vote. Um, on the first couple days, the worldwide poll got five hundred thousand votes all across the world. Wow! And then the Japanese national poll got a hundred thousand votes. So it, it, it immediately caught on. Hmm. I, I remember like it just launching and then like being a thing. Were you like active on
0: it on the first couple days? Oh yeah. You know, it was just kind of one of those things like you come home from school or you wake up on the weekend and you check to see. Mm-hmm. I, I forget how, did it update daily?
2: The national poll was updated, I think, three times a week. And then the worldwide poll was updated twice a month.
0: Oh, okay. So yeah, I, I just distinctly remember like jumping into it probably, honestly, daily just to see if it had changed.
2: They actually chose to launch on February 14th very deliberately and that's because they wanted to coordinate the results of the first set of polls to close uh right after each other. So because the the worldwide polls are twice a month, um that means I would be closed on the 15th, right? Mhm. Uh originally the the first US question was going to be uh can you whistle or can you not whistle? But um Nintendo of America suggested on
0: changing it to which is more romantic uh, for a Valentine's Day gift, chocolate or roses? Oh, I was going to say there's got to be some like Valentine's Day connection if you're going to launch on February 14th.
2: Yeah. Reggie actually sent out Valentine's Day cards uh, to the press, actually promoting the channel <laughs> with that question and stuff like that. And so initially the Japanese team uh, at NCL, they were very confused. Were like, why, why did we have to change this? And then they saw that Reggie had sent out these press kits and um, they're like, oh, OK, so they're, he was trying to do something like that.
0: Makes sense. So what in Japan, was it still the can you whistle or can you not whistle? No. Oh.
2: The first question in Japan was actually, do you like udon or do you like soba? So udon is the more thicker noodles and soba is the uh, buckwheat noodle- noodles. Right. And the team was actually really surprised because Japan was basically cut in half hmm. where the north, uh, northern half really liked soba and the southern half really liked udon. So the fact that you could see the results on a country basis or even like a prefectural basis was something that was really interesting because you could kind of see uh, how countries ranked. One of the first worldwide polls was, um, you know, do you prefer cats or dogs? And a country like Guatemala, which is like, you know, it doesn't have that many we users. They were able to kind of like get to the top of that ranking because overwhelmingly they preferred dogs. The 65 or 60 people who voted in that poll from Guatemala, they all preferred dogs. So it kind of like Hmm. made Guatemala like the top
0: of the poll results. (laughs) Like skewed the data.
2: Yeah, because, you know, there's only 60 people. But because they overwhelmingly voted one way, they kind of got to the top. And it kind of introduced uh, some countries to maybe a wider population. I I definitely remember like scrolling through the results
0: and seeing like what country voted for what. Yeah, it's kind of fun to jump around to different spots.
2: Yeah. And then, um, like I mentioned before, they also had um, how tuned in are you or like the distance from popular opinion. And that was also kind of fun to see, like, if you're weird, or if you're quirky. <laughs> and most of the time you are not, you're not special.
0: <laughs> you're basic. <laughs>
2: you're basic.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, yeah, that's Everybody Votes channel. The build date that was in the data, September 20th. It was probably the channel itself was probably finished but then you know they worked on the back end for a little bit longer after that
0: yeah i definitely remember that one was a go-to for me my first channel that i want to talk about and i probably don't have as much uh info as you do is the forecast channel mm-hmm. you know the weather channel as you might know it um and this also used the WeConnect connect 24 you know to, to keep you updated would show you the temperature for the day, the weather conditions, um, ultraviolet index, and the five-day forecast. And it wasn't like too exciting, but I've always felt like there was something super like relaxing about it. yeah, it, very chill music and like atmosphere. And while researching this, I actually learned that in Japan, there was an exclusive type of information that would pop up that was called laundry index. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess in Japan, because so many people still dry their clothes outside, there's the laundry index that tells you how quickly your clothes will dry depending on what the current weather is. So I was like, wait, what? (laughs)
2: Dryers in Japan are very expensive and they use a lot of electricity. So a lot of houses cannot actually handle dryers in Japan. Oh, okay. So I I still hang dry my clothes because... I don't have a, uh, there's no space in my apartment for a uh, dryer. Yeah, that makes sense. And also, uh, people typically use their bath water for laundry.
0: Mm. See, we're learning all sorts of fun things. (laughs) (laughs) There's some other, like, interesting Japanese facts that I I learned from doing research on this that'll come up here in a bit. But um, one of the things was that everywhere outside of Japan, Mm -hmm. there was, like, kind of photorealistic icons for the sun for sunny day clouds for cloudy day and then rain clouds for you know when it's raining outside yeah but in japan it was more of a cartoony sun with like a yellow um yellow spikes and like a red orange middle Mm -hmm. and like a cartoony cloud and then an umbrella but i guess they tested it and some people were like we don't know what that means like we don't know what umbrella means (laughs) they were like all right i guess we'll make it more realistic for the rest of the world and When I was learning about this, I was like, oh, so in Japan, when you looked at the forecast channel, like it just showed all around the world, these icons that were specific to Japan. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't the case. It was actually like, if you were in America and you went to the globe that was included Mm -hmm. and you spun it to Japan and zoomed in, the icons would be the Japanese icons. Oh, okay. It wasn't just like they changed it for the region. They just changed it literally (laughs) in that one spot. So... That was interesting. And um I guess the same people who worked on the news channel were the ones that worked on the forecast channel and they wanted to make it like really nice. They didn't want to put too many like funny easter eggs or stuff in it mm-hmm. because they thought like people kind of take the weather seriously, like they don't want jokes and things like that. So there wasn't many easter eggs. One of my favorite things to do when I had it was you could grab the globe and you could just like swing the wii remote yeah and like spin the world as fast as possible it's kind of what you do with like a normal globe you just like spin it and then you stick your finger on it you're like i'm gonna live here
2: the actual globe um that was made by koichi kawamoto and he actually originally made that for the nintendo ds really yes so because of the hardware limitations he wasn't able to like realize it on the ds and then he brought it over to the, uh, the Wii Channels.
0: Yeah. And then I was reading that the details of the Earth on the surface are actually provided or were provided by NASA. Yeah. So Nintendo teamed up with them. And uh, depending on where you lived, you know, like I said, different icons for Japan and the rest of the world. But if you lived in America, it would show you like more prominent American locations like big cities and stuff. But then if you lived, you know, in Mexico, it would show you more prominent cities and you really wouldn't see those if you lived anywhere else on the earth, even if you zoomed in. Yeah. It wanted you to see more of your own region. So I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. I guess Nintendo of Europe, when they first got their hands on it, they also uh, requested that they create like special icons that represented hail and sleet and a couple of other types of weather that that commonly showed up in europe but maybe not like other parts of the world yeah and uh speaking of which uh, i read about this uh, interview where they were talking about how the people working on it in japan didn't want to add any kind of thunder clouds because i guess thunderstorms don't happen that often in japan
2: um i mean like yeah very
0: rarely I, I would say right yeah and and that sent me down like this whole rabbit hole of like what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, surely they happen in Japan, and I guess it has to do with continental climate. Is usually like, you know, there's a pressure system. Mm. The more land you have, the easier it is for like storms, thunderstorms to be created. And Japan, being you know an island, doesn't really have the right environment for those to build. And yeah, so when there is a big thunderstorm in Japan, like it's a big deal and uh so i guess the people in japan were like we don't understand like why you would want a thunderstorm icon like they don't happen that much (laughs) during that conversation seattle where nintendo of america is located was hit by a big thunderstorm and like lost all electricity and the people in japan were like hello like where'd you go (laughs) you know like why aren't you responding to our emails and stuff and eventually they got back in contact with them and they were like yeah see Nintendo of America's like, hey, thunderstorms, they exist. (laughs) (laughs) They knocked out all of our stuff. So the forecast channel was another one that has been revived by the Reconnect 24, the homebrew service. You can, once again, look at the weather if you want to, if you have that. Mm -hmm. And the last thing I want to mention is that there was, and I, I think only two games, that would actually change their gameplay based on the actual weather. Like... Wherever you were at the moment, or I guess wherever you said you were at the moment. And that was Night's Journey of Dreams and Madden NFL 07. <laughs> so if you jumped into Madden and were like, oh man, like, why is it snowing in this stadium that I'm playing this game in? You look outside and it's snowing. That's why, because it was pulling that data. It's a good way to actually get um, the forecast without having to look out your window. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that was another thing. Nintendo of America said, we don't want the like five day forecast to be the first thing we see. Like we want to see like what the current weather is. And the Japanese dev team was like, why? Just look <laughs> like, outside. Yeah, exactly. Like that was their exact thought. Just, like you can go to the window and see what the weather is. Why would you want to know what it is right now? <laughs> Pretty funny. Yeah. All right. So what's your next channel push?
2: First, a uh, uh, quick question. Can you see a lot of stars from your house? Yes or not really? Not really. Okay, you're in the minority. Um, most people said that they could see lots of stars.
0: I'm, I'm decently close to a big city, and there's a lot of light pollution, so I feel like I can't see a ton.
2: Hmm. Next, do you wear glasses? Yes or no?
0: Um, I'm going to say yes, because I do at
2: night. Okay, and what do you think um, the majority result is?
0: Uh, I'm going to say uh, majority is yes. It is actually majority no. Really? Man. Yeah. I was just thinking, you know, all these nerdy Wii players pushing their glasses up. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, the normies used Wii as well. Oh, gosh, the normies.
2: (laughs) The next channel that I'm going to be talking about is very similar to the Forecast channel. It's called the News Channel. Oh, hey. Hey. Uh, Like I mentioned, uh, Koichi Kawamoto, he's the one who made that 3D globe. He also worked on the News Channel, and he previously worked on the Brain Age series Mario Talent Studio. And eventually he would actually become the general director for the Nintendo Switch. Pretty cool guy, um, but not very well known.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, it seems like he's very important.
2: Yeah, very important, but not well known at all. There's a lot of people at Nintendo like that who are just like very like undercover, and then like you research them, you're like, oh, they did this, this, and that. Wow. <laughs> right. So the team had a um very difficult time with the news channel because they were, you know. With the whole Wii, they, you know, they wanted something that was connected to the internet that would be in the living room because, you know, this is for smartphones. Mm-hmm. So, like they wanted something that people could just you, turn on and, and check the news and, and check the weather and stuff like that without having to turn on their computer. But they also wanted it to be accessible for the general public. Uh, one of the key features for the news channel was a slideshow feature, which um, you could just like swipe through news. If you remember that.
0: Yeah, I think so. I definitely did not get into the news channel very much.
2: For me, like the, the coolest thing about the news channel was that 3D globe where you could see the news around the world and be like, oh, look, it, you know, this is what's happening in the Middle East.
0: Oh, yeah. I do remember that because it was the same globe, right? From the forecast channel. Same globe. Hmm.
2: When they, uh, the slideshow feature was actually requested request by uh, Nintendo of America as well. So it seems like Nintendo of America was really, really involved with uh, uh, all the channels development.
0: Fun fact about that globe that I forgot to mention is that I guess in the background the stars yes are actually accurate yes. to you know the the constellations and like where they should be in the sky. I thought that was really really awesome.
2: They um they got permission from the National Astronomical Observatory to use their uh, star data.
0: Really? Yes,
2: and then the surface temperature of the stars are actually present in that data as well.
0: Wow. So like the brightness and stuff?
2: Yep. Wow. Yeah, so it's it's a lot of small features that like you wouldn't think of but they actually went and did it mm-hmm. before they launched the news channel there was actually uh, an error where antarctica would just completely dis- disappear
0: <laughs> there's no
2: news here who cares <laughs> but luckily the team was able to fix it right before launch and which was useful because there was actually news from antarctica like maybe you know some pi- penguins fell into a hole or something I'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the team felt like they had to make three different versions of the channel, kind of like what you're talking about, like, you know, catering to the different regions. And they were very surprised about the cultural differences. Uh, because in the original version, they didn't feature the writer's name. So they just had the news article and the, and the publication and the title. But then uh, Nintendo of America was like, hey, you have to kind of include the author's name. Because <laughs> that's, like, common for news articles. Yeah. But... The Japanese team source, source, source: Yeah, yeah, source. Uh, the Japanese team didn't really consider that, so th- they had to like quickly find a way to include that. Hmm. Um, for the actual content, Nintendo teamed up with Akamai Technologies, which is a like content provider, to g- actually get the news. And then um, just one last thing about this channel. Originally, they were thinking about using the mees to kind of like showcase the news and to present it. And they thought it'd be funny, like if it just used like the Mies, like, you know, if a kid went to go onto the news uh, channel and his dad was the newscaster. But because of the subjects that are in the news, oh, they thought that it wouldn't be appropriate. Like, yeah, you know, your dad is suddenly talking about like
0: a horrible bus crash or something.
2: Yeah. the, The conflict in the Middle East, like something very serious. Yeah. Like that. So they that was like quickly scrapped. That sound means that we're putting this episode on pause for just a moment so we can briefly explain how you can support Memory Card.
0: If you enjoy our content, you can show your support by leaving positive reviews on your podcasting service of choice. Four or five stars and a few kind words go a long way when it comes to convincing others to give the show a listen, so please do so if you find the time.
2: Spreading the word of Memory Card is very helpful. If you know anyone who's into gaming or history or both then maybe you should consider sharing memory card with them or anyone that you find anywhere every season we strive to reach
0: a wider and wider audience and you can help if you're feeling extra supportive you can head over to patreon.com/memcard every single one of our patrons gets access to early and ad-free episodes higher tiers include bonus episodes shoutouts and more we certainly hope you'll check it out and consider becoming one of our lovely patrons Once again, that's patreon.com slash M-E-M-C-A-R-D. And if you think about it, if you become a patron, you'll never have
2: to hear this ad again.
0: (laughs) How sad. (laughs) Thanks for taking the time to hear us out. Let's get back to the show. Well, my second channel was the Check Me Out channel. Mm. Check Me Out, right, which was called the Me Contest channel in Europe. And, um, in Spanish speaking countries in Latin America, it was called Mirame. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Mm -hmm. Check Me Out channel was launched in North America in November, 2007, and also in Japan in 2007. Um, and it was free, but, uh, basically they gave you a specific, um, description of a me as detailed or as, uh. A vague as as they want it to be and then you had to submit a me that you had created in the me maker mm-hmm. and uh people would vote they would say you know like i think it was a scale of one to ten like a ten mm-hmm. is like whoa this is the perfect you know representation of the topic and a one is like you know this is nothing like <laughs> yeah you're garbage <laughs> right you've submitted mario for a contest about princess peach that kind of thing yeah users could submit and browse through the memes from around the world which was really cool. I mean, even when there wasn't a contest, mm-hmm. check me out, let you like look at all these creations. It would it would basically take like a thousand memes from around the world, either ones that people had voted that were great or just like literally random and put them on your screen and you could pull them in to your Systems so you could use them in games that use the me's. So like you know,
3: mm-hmm. I
0: remember there was a Hank Hill oh, me yes. that someone made, and I pulled him in so I could play tennis with Hank Hill, which is you know one of my dreams. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be fun if we did a fake or not. Okay. With uh, I have a, this giant list of all the ones that were that they actually asked people to do. Now here's some example of some of the real ones: Abraham Lincoln. Mario without his hat, the biggest bully ever, the girl with bubbly personality, the cleverest person in the world. Mm-hmm. So you tell me if you think these are real or fake. Okay. Someone who's good at taking care of plants. Fake. That one's real. Uh-huh. <laughs> Off to a bad start. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how you portray that. Like, oh, he's got a watering can. I don't know. But you can't even do that. Yeah, I'm thinking of the limitations of the me, and, and it's just like right, like do you, put put him in a green hat, like, there you go, <laughs> he blends in. All right, next one, Garfield. That that has to be fake because it's copyrighted. <laughs> yeah, that's fake. <laughs> <laughs> Darn you, push in your logic. <laughs> Wario without a hat.
2: Mmm, that one might be real because I, I I know you said that they had Mario without without a hat. I think they did like Luigi without a hat at one point. So that might be, might be. like, um, I'm saying 70% yes.
0: <laughs> yes, it is real. Okay. This isn't, the, this isn't everyone votes, Push. You got to go all the way. It's all or nothing. <laughs> all right. Princess Zelda laughing out loud. Fake. That's real. Ah. Yeah, that was actually one of the last Nintendo tie-in ones that they ever did.
2: Zelda LOLing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of want to see the winner of that one samus aaron without her power suit true false <sighs> not real too yeah. niche yeah a little bit i guess
2: <laughs> yeah
0: the overbearing boss who asks you to come into work on your day off
2: that seems like it would be real but only in japan
0: <laughs> yeah that was a real one <laughs> i'm not sure if that one got uh, outside of japan but it is it was a real one they asked people to do yeah all right two more the fanciest man in the world true Nope, that one was false. Ah, uh, Made that one up. I should have done that. <laughs> All right, last one. Barack Obama.
2: False, because it's a real person.
0: Yeah, that's fake. Well, see, I thought I'd get you because I told you at the start that Abraham Lincoln was one.
2: Yeah, but that's like a public domain. That's not a real person. <laughs> like, that's not a real person anymore. Because like, if you look at like Steam, codename Steam, they, they use Abraham Lincoln. But they, they would never yeah. do something with uh, Barack Obama right now.
0: Um, I was so waiting for you to be like <laughs> Abraham Lincoln never existed, <laughs> or be or be shocked that he did exist. Be like what? What? Oh my oh my gosh! All right, hit me with your third one.
2: All right, the next channel that I'll be talking about very very briefly is the internet channel. The internet channel was the way to surf the web on your TV. You know, and and like they kind of have brought this back in in some limited form with the Wii U channel. With the Wii U system, but then with Switch, because of security issues and everything like that, they're like, we're not doing this again. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then like people still found a way around it. But mm-hmm. anyway, the Internet Channel is actually based on um, Opera Nine, which is a web browser that was very, very popular, especially for mobile phones and like smaller devices um, back in in those days, because it was just so lightweight and so and so easy to
0: run uh, on different types of hardware. I don't even think I realized that it like was on anything else. I, I, for some reason, I thought it was just like they made it for the Wii.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's um, Opera. Um, they're actually based in Norway. Nintendo worked very, very closely with them. They even flew out to Norway a couple of times to like meet with the team. Like I said, the initial concept was for the Internet channel to be able to surf on the Internet in the living room. So Nintendo wanted really, really wanted to focus on making the experience as easy as possible opera was like uh, they initially came into it like hey we have to support everything on the internet which um there's a lot of things behind the scenes for web browsers because you know they have to support how to do different techs um back in that day they had uh, flash flash support and everything like that but nintendo kind of wanted it to be as bare bones and as easy as and accessible as possible hmm. they they kind of cut down some of the um, features and things that the browser would support in order to make it load faster and to uh, make the core experience easier. They also wanted the uh, Wii Remote to be able to point and to move the screen around to like make scrolling really easy. Right. Uh, that's that's actually one thing I, I really remember from the internet channel was, you know, pointing and then dragging and like going around the screen and everything like that. Mm-hmm. The internet channel, it was initially released as a trial version in April 2007. And the full version would come out later And it would add some functionalities like being able to search and being able to have multiple cursors on the screen and zoom and loading time were actually improved. Eventually, when it was released fully, it was 500 Wii Shop points to buy. But then in uh, September 1st, 2009, it became free and added some Flash support. That's the one thing I really remember from the internet channel was going in and playing Flash games. (laughs) <laughs> on the Wii because <laughs> because uh the flash games could actually detect that it was the Wii web browser some games would actually be mapped to the Wii remote and that it would be really easy to play huh so that's that's what that's how i remember internet channel
0: see when they updated with the flash thing my thing was that now i could watch Homestar Runner <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is if you don't know what that is it's a cartoon from the early thousands that you should definitely look into it's very strange, but...
2: A little bit later in 2009, YouTube actually released YouTube XL, which was a version of YouTube that would be more uh, friendly for TV screens, and so that's kind of like, you know, eventually now that uh, with the Switch we have the YouTube app,
0: that's kind of like the precursor to that. Yeah, just making it more compatible.
2: So yeah, uh, I-, I remember playing wow. a lot of Flash games on, on the internet browser, and showing my friends like hey you can actually play this game and and look you don't have to buy any games anymore because you can just play free games on the internet
0: <laughs> oh man what a concept yeah all right well my last one that i'm gonna focus on here is the Wii shop channel <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: you definitely gotta put the music in
0: yeah yeah for sure or i'll just you know uh, just just keep that that was pretty good, yeah. you got to admit. That
2: was, that was pretty untuned.
0: <laughs> There's a lot of really good Wii Shop Channel remixes out there. Yeah. Especially like ones with the, where they put people rapping over it. Like really good. Mm. But yeah, so the Wii Shop Channel was the channel that allowed you to buy old school Nintendo games through the virtual console and um, specific games that were made just like to be purchased uh, online through the Wii system that were called WiiWare games. And um, this was launched from day one, November 19th, 2006. You could not go in and spend money. You had to buy Nintendo points, and um, every cent was a Nintendo point. So $5 was worth 500 Nintendo points. $8 was 800. It kind of is the dollars to yen. Yeah, Thinking of it now, like literally just now, I just made that connection. <laughs> so yeah, couldn't pay with money, had to pay with Nintendo points. The main title that I just sang was composed by uh, Kazumi Totaka, who is a very famous Nintendo composer. Mm-hmm. He's the voice of Yoshi, Birdo, Professor E. Gad from uh, Luigi's Mansion, and I think also Captain Olimar. Mm. And I know that we've talked about this before, but he is the one who tends to hide his little tune um throughout different nintendo games yep so go back and 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 listen to that that episode whichever one it was we've had so many so far so push i want you to take a guess how many virtual console games classic games do you think were released for the wii over its entire lifespan um i'm gonna say 400 very close very close 428 Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know. It was good. So that's spanning Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, Graphics, Sega Master System, the Genesis, Neo Geo, Commodore 64, and then there was one that was like uh, arcade classics.
2: Yeah, it was so impressive when Nintendo announced that Sega Genesis games were coming to the Wii Virtual Console. I remember being absolutely being blown away.
0: Yeah, it was a big deal. I think one of the first games that I bought on the Wii Shop channel was gunstar heroes yes me too which i i'd never played before Mm -hmm. i was just like this game looks awesome it's like a run and gun you know what i mean it was just so much fun and it was a two-player game so i was like yeah i gotta get this so i can play with my older brother my younger brother like you know everybody impress the girls yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) look at my gunstar (laughs) look at my gunstar skills baby don't you want to go to prom come on (laughs) (laughs) um within the virtual console, like over the years, there were quite a few games that were released that were either only available outside of the United States or had only come to the United States briefly. So I thought I'd touch on just a very few of them. Um the first one which came to the Wii on October 1st, 2007 was Sin and Punishment, yeah, which is a rail shooter game that was developed by Treasure, who made Gunstar Heroes and Nintendo, mm. and it's Got this like awesome like shooting system and this movement system. You could actually hold yes. the N64 controller with your right hand in the middle and your left hand on the you know the D-pad, or you could switch it to the normal way, which I thought was always cool. Mm-hmm. But honestly, Sin and Punishment probably deserves its own <laughs> entire episode. Maybe next uh, next season, the next one on July thirteenth, two thousand nine, was Pulse Man, which we talked about in season three, episode three, channeling Sonic. Initially, it came out in 1995, but you could only play it through the Sega channel, which was, you know, Sega's special online service at the time. Yeah. And it's made by Game Freak, who, you know, famously made Pokemon and uh, a really good platformer that a lot of people missed Mm -hmm. and and was available on the Wii. And the last one, which I really didn't have uh, much knowledge of, came out in August, on August 23rd, 2010, and that was Euphoria the Saga. Which is uh, some game developed mm-hmm. by Sunsoft is like a, a platformer came out in the early '90s. Um, I think it also came to Europe, but it was just one that like a lot of people really loved, but had never been officially available in the United States. So mm-hmm. pretty, pretty cool. And uh, like I said, WiiWare titles were also a big part of the Wii Shop. These were games that you know came out that kind of utilized the Wii more than say you know the average game. And uh, one of my favorites was uh, World of Goo. I know that game. It's
2: uh, Edmund McMillan.
0: Right, yeah. It's the like puzzle game, and you've got different kind of goos that you have to connect to make all these weird like structures and hold things up. Super, super yeah. fun. Yeah. Did you have a WiiWare game that you really liked?
2: Um, I'm trying to think of what WiiWare games I had. Bit Trip series, maybe? I did enjoy the Bit Trip series. I, I don't remember playing too many of just normal WiiWare titles.
0: Yeah, really, it was World of Goo, BitTrip Series, and then um, Lost Winds was a fun one. Mm. We had to like guide the wind, and then there was like, oh, guide the fire, guide the water. It's pretty fun. Yeah. So that was kind of like a huge revelation that Nintendo not only was offering its old-school games, but also games from Sega, the Neo Geo. It was, it was kind of crazy at the time, and it's exactly why so many people are upset that the Switch never officially got you know a virtual console like all these games even just the nintendo published developed ones if they put those on the switch yeah they'd be raking in the cash but it's it's nintendo you know it's always one step forward two steps back
2: <laughs> with the virtual console they actually changed some of the games uh because um do you know the uh, um the flashing lights
0: Oh, seizures.
2: Yeah. Because of uh, that, they actually had to change some of the colors in the classic games
0: mm. um,
2: in order to protect against that. And so um, a lot of the games launched on the Wii, they were slightly modified and they had to get permission to change those games. And then um, with the Switch, they're no longer doing that. So the games are actually more authentic on the Switch than the Wii.
0: <laughs> and also more deadly. Yes. And then, you know, outside of these six channels that we focused on, which you know, we've already spent quite a bit of time on, there were quite a few other like fun little channels. Um, one of the ones that I stumbled across that I I guess was on there, but I never looked into it was the today and tomorrow channel. It's like an astrology. Mm. It would like tell you your horoscope because everyone wants to go to their Wii and say, Oh, you're going to fall in love. (laughs) (laughs) There was a food delivery channel, uh, that was exclusive to Japan. Yep. That Right. Yeah. And then I guess in Europe, there was a specific Kirby TV channel. Yes. That uh, would show you episodes from the Kirby uh, anime. Mm-hmm. And then there was uh, one called the Wii My Room channel that you were telling me about. What what was the deal with that one?
2: So that's uh, called uh, Wii no Ma in Japanese. Mm-hmm. And it was like a video on demand service um, that Nintendo ran in cooperation with uh, Dentsu. And um, it was basically like programs and advertisements. But the really cool thing was that the We Ma is like the collection of all the other Wii channels in one because it would display like your weather forecast outside of the of the room. You could like get all this information. You could send messages to other people. Your um, me would just be chilling out in this virtual room <laughs> and you could have up to eight me's in that room and they would all interact with each other. Sometimes celebrities would come. Whoa show up and be like hey you know check this out and they did release a version of it for the dsi Doko called dokodemo Noma. basically you could import your data from the wii onto the dsi and then send it back back and forth you could get coupons and stuff like that it's kind of like a precursor in some ways to like the my nintendo
0: yeah it kind of reminds me also of uh, tomodachi life
2: yeah it had some tomodachi life vibes in it as well um, you can go into like a theater room and watch like trailers or or they had like a uh, Pokemon cooking shows,
0: man, tell you how to like make certain food because that's very made in japan kind of thing. i'm kind of I'm really jealous that this never came to America. Like it kind of it kind of sounds super awesome.
2: It's, it is very awesome, but it also it's very Japanese. Mm. so I, I think that that's the reason it was never released. That's just my hunch is that um it was just never released because it's too japan like the the character uh the character would be eden olden and so, uh and stuff like that
0: <laughs> i mean you can tweak that kind of stuff
2: yeah but yeah uh, there's there also uh, i just want to also shout out to the netflix channel <laughs> which was um allows you to watch netflix
0: yeah <laughs> now i have back in the day i have one of the rarest wii games of all time and that is the netflix disc mm-hmm. because Right when Netflix came to the Wii, if you wanted it, you had to go onto the Netflix website and request a disc, and they sent it to you in the mail. Yeah. And uh, and then eventually you didn't need it anymore, so it was like, whoa, this is a collector's item that I have. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't I don't know if it's actually worth any money. It probably isn't, but I like to think it is, and I refuse to look and see if it's actually (laughs) worth anything.
2: They also had the Digicam print ch- channel, which was um, in collaboration with Fujifilm, which uh, if you remember from the Mario spinoff um, episode, Fujifilm and Nintendo had previously partnered with uh, Mario no Photopea. Right. So this was like a continuation of their relationship and allowed people to print out images for photo books and business cards. And you could use your me uh, for that business card and everything like that. <laughs>
0: It seems like it'd be the least professional thing that you could possibly do, (laughs) unless you worked for Nintendo. (laughs) Yeah. But hey, once again, I don't live in Japan. I did not live in Japan during that time, so I can't say anything.
2: There's also the Nintendo channel, which was like, again, kind of like the My Nintendo, where it showed you your gameplay time. You could like recommend titles to everyone. You could also see what are the most popular games in general. Like, I don't know if you remember that, but like, uh, I remember like during Brawl, I would like check it every once in a while. And I would see like Brawl number one, Brawl number one, like every month, (laughs) just for terms of pure gameplay.
0: Oh yeah, definitely.
2: But we're probably talking way too much about Wii channels.
0: So um, I, I I
2: should probably stop.
0: Time to turn off the Wii and maybe hide the remote for a bit. Yeah.
2: That's all for now. Thanks for listening.
0: Our intro and outro music was crafted by talented chiptune composer Jamitar. You can find more of his banging beats by searching Jamitar, that's J-A-M-A-T-A-R, on Spotify or visiting jamitar.com.
2: If you have any feedback on the podcast or would like to recommend a topic, feel free to reach out to us via Twitter, at MemCardShow, or you can visit our website, MemoryCardShow.com. If you'd like to follow Ben and I, we can be found at SuperBenTendo and at PushDustin, respectively.
0: Have you considered supporting Memory Card on Patreon? If not, we hope you will. Currently, we're supported by quite a few awesome people, all of which get access to early, ad-free episodes. These awesome people include... Jackson Bertoli, Taylor Bias, Cody Sam, Michael Strickland, Courtney Cotton, Harrison, Tyler Davis, Jose Acosta, Jorge Bajija... Manuel Vitella, Ray Schneider, Nick Callis, Shala, Grant Butler, and Chase Harkham. All of our Patreon info can be found on the support section of our website or on patreon.com memcard.
2: We'll be back really soon with some more gaming history goodness, so be sure to subscribe and leave a review if you've enjoyed the show. We'll see you soon.